Thank you for contacting the office of Congressman Jason Lewis, proudly serving Minnesota's 2nd Congressional District. Yeah, I, I just want to express my condolences to the congressman for losing his seat. I think it has something to do with his comments around not being able to call women sluts anymore. And I think that's a shame. You ever notice that there's slut shaming shaming? Something we don't talk about. And I think we should. So if the congressman is looking for something to do, I'm starting a group. Men's group. Slut Shamers Anonymous. We gotta put an end to this slut shaming shaming. Take care. Welcome everyone to the Bituation Room. This is episode six coming to you from a currently on fire California. My name is Francesca Fiorentini. I'm your host. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe, leave the podcast five stars, write a review. Just like think of all the positive adjectives, you know, like funny, smart, um, d- like more than just a commute podcast. And also on November 21st, Wednesday evening, I will be doing a live recording of the Bituation Room in San Francisco, California, 222 Hyde Street. Hopefully it won't be on fire. This week in the Bituation Room with me is Sam Greenspan, who is a radio producer, used to be of 99% Invisible, uh, also in PR, and currently is editing a show called The City. And he has a forthcoming show that is going to be called what again? It's called Bellwether, and it's a podcast of speculative journalism reporting uh, stories of the world as it is through the lens of what it might become. Damn. That's like a lot I'm trying to wrap my head around, but that sounds dope. Thanks. The other person in the room with me is Jessica Seeley, who is a comedian and a friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, met her in San Francisco. Now we're in LA. Jessica, how are you doing? Um, overall, pretty okay. Had a rough day. Why is that? Um, I have asthma, as you know. I'm very weak and uh, <laughs> it's, it's smoky. And uh, I got attacked, kind of, it, by a person um, in, on the influence of some strong narcotic. Mm. And uh, I was holding my shirt up kind of above my nose. And she was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I was oh, like, man. oh, no. And then she, she ran over towards me. And Ooh. she was like, you stupid. And, and I was a little scared. I'm going to be honest. Um, there's a new street drug called Flocka that I guess is a bath salt. Uh, oh my god, I was just having this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I also want to say, I I don't have any judgment over the use of drugs, as I myself have had many issues and could see myself in different circumstances, uh, in her butt, in her place. But I so um, it might have been Flocka. It might have been flaca. Which means skinny in Spanish. Was she flaca? She was very flaca. Dude. But she ultimately, so she so ran up to you she, and what? Because she, she was like, what are you doing? And I guess she was referring to how I had my shirt to cover the smoke. And then she threw like a face mask at me. And she was like, wear this, you stupid bitch. Wow. And ultimately so I she was. She was concerned about you though. And I was just like, wow, like she's trying to help. 
She's not very good at helping. That's like the most <laughs> triggering thing ever of like someone like a controlling parent or like if you ever yeah. had any trauma or someone know. was like, I love you. That's now like, fuck yeah. like put my, on a mask. My Jewish family is like, like aggressively tries to help you. And then sometimes, you know. Right. They have sometimes they run at you with a mask and they're on narcotics. <laughs> it was the most apocalyptic a moment I've ever had with the smoke and then my shirt and then the face mask and the flaca. Yeah. And in general, like, you know, I think uh, it's I've I've been since uh, the election of uh, our president. Donald Trump is our president. Reminder. <laughs> Donald Trump <laughs> is our president. I, I think I got some election trauma. So I think that I've also been sensitive since the midterms because I you just just the you're polling just a place. Weak libtard, um, <laughs> you snowflake. Uh, well, you don't like Nazis marching in the street. Well, actually, um, you're. Is that what you're bitching about, Jessica? Just the. I'm just gonna bitch about the apocalypse. I just, oh, that it, again. <laughs> <laughs> well, timely. I just like. I've been bitching a lot about the end of the world. Like, cause I have asthma guys, guys. <laughs> hey, Hey, you there in the dumpster <laughs> with the on flaca. I've got asthma. No, it's true. It's going to be, we're going to have to leave you behind when the apocalypse. I hits. know I'm done. It'll be just, I'm already asthmatics. out. I'm already out. Like in the very beginning, like the, <laughs> the really hard shit hasn't hit yet. I just like God. already um, making the lists. I well, I'm got to make the list. You know, at some point, Francesca, I feel that if you had to, you you would put me out of my misery. Like you oh, seem sure. you seem strong. I'm compassionate. Yeah. Um. So we our president is actually related to your asthma because apparently our forest fires here in California are the problem of our forestry and uh, yeah. department. Yeah. So. Um, which like, imagine if it weren't the most insensitive piece of shit, unpresidential thing to say to anyone. But by the way, post midterms, dude has been in a tear and I kind of love it. (laughs) But like, how would you make a forest more like better for fires? Like, like, well, I would you build in like a root? Well, you build, I mean... Uh oh, Sam's gonna flip on me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a super insensitive thing to say, but I mean, like, on the one hand, I feel like here in California, we're we're sort of, I think of I think of California like the like the Green Ranger of of the American Megazord, right? Because like, what's that? You mean the a, Power Ranger? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Right, right, right. Because like we Good. kind of like have our own robot that we can command by ourselves without having to like unite with everyone else because we kind of have like our own big economy and what was the green ranger was he like a lone he was like the lone wolf guy oh yeah later became the white ranger this is really weird yeah 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 But like basically he he like the the five of the other guys had to like combine and work together to form the union of their megazord but the green rangers had their own when they could just do whatever they want right and so it's like california is like what like the fifth biggest economy in the world after the United States, which is number four, which includes California. Anyway. Oh, such a dead weight. <laughs> I know. But that, okay. So, uh, so I feel like here in, here in California, like it's, we're feel like insulated from the rest of the world a little bit, but also, but then I'm like, but then our state's on fire because, um, we do dumb stuff. Like, um, I mean like one of the reasons that we have so many fires is because our policy 
over the last hundred years was been to like extinguish forest fires. And so all this like growth that should have burned up in the natural cycle of like forests we is just put it out. Well, no, it's just this, all this tinder is just sitting around, right? right? That should have right. burned up in other cycles, but still there, and it's more flammable, and then there's also less water. Well, so you're blaming hotter. Hollywood, the <laughs> Hollywood elites in Malibu. Yeah, I mean, I'm blaming anyone who doesn't live in a dense urban environment, right? Or at least the planners who make us. Because in a, in, so, in some fault, way, like, like yeah, what's happening is absolutely bolstered by lack of rainfall, climate change, like it's, this should not be the frequency. I mean, the Santa Ana winds, Jessica, you're from here. Like this happens a lot. There's always fires, but the amount and uh, from up in Northern California, the amount of them has increased exponentially. Yeah. I just moved here. It seems yeah. I was like, is this normal? I mean, like, no, right. But yeah. if we didn't no, have a fire, like, if we had water, that's, that's something I feel very passionately about when, uh, people like in it I, I have this like really dumb thing where I feel like climate change isn't as serious if it's overcast today <laughs> if it's not on fire today if it's raining like I have like this I just like want to hide myself from reality by like convincing myself that the weather of the moment is uh what, forever that yeah it's fine it's <laughs> 60 today yeah. but like this um, spring, I felt like we had a little bit of normal weather, like in late spring, like it got kind of gloomy for a minute. And I was so comfortable with it. I was like, mm, the June gloom, you know. <laughs> and then I saw this lady in like short in the Atwater Village. She's wearing like shorts and a tank top and like a flowy white linen thing and, and flip flops. And she's saying like, oh, this is so terrible. This is so not like L.A. And I'm just like, it is. L.A.'s cold. Yeah. I yeah, it's it cold, cold here. I grew up in Florida and... Um and there's a lot I could say about that, but <laughs> I want to hear it. Yeah, wow. actually, is that, like, I do. There's, there's always um, <laughs> refugee. There's always like a like a week where it gets down to about 30 degrees, sometimes even 20 degrees, and everyone loses their mind. <laughs> it's like this never happens, like, and it's we like, moved it's, here to escape the cold. Yeah, but it happens. <laughs> like my arthritis. Yeah, like my arthritis. It happens literally every year, and everyone has this panic, and then it's like. And then and then it goes away and people will just sort of have amnesia about it. Sure, and keep on fucking up their ballots. Oh, yeah, foreshadowing. <laughs> All right, burn literally here. And I, just, I just want to clarify something I just said because I don't want to make it sound like I'm blaming people who live near forest fires. I'm just saying I think like as a just I'll, humor me for one second, but that's like that we um, the people like moving like building these like subdevelopments that take a lot of water and are kind of like moving closer towards the fires it's making I was going to say so. I was going to compare it to when I first went to Florida actually your oh, yeah. home state mm -hmm. and I saw people reconstructing their homes that they had mm. um hurricane insurance on and I forgot which hurricane it was this was a few years ago so before like some of the big ones mm -hmm. um and they their homes like from coming from California you're like what <laughs> you don't put a home on the beach like on the be like on the sand beach like why would you do that and so mm -hmm. when i saw that i was like did they really not do that here oh you're asking for it we have i mean the california coastline is very cliffy so it's like yeah, cliffs true. and even then there's some there's often regulations about how far well, you, or close the, you can well, be from the, the ocean is you can't make any 
ocean beach private in all of California. The whole beach right. in California is right. public. I so know the wet sand, dry sand. Malibu thing. has kind of tried to act like sometimes they'll try to disguise the beach and make it look private, but it's not. Right. So you can technically just like like frolic around and be like, oh my God, there's Clooney's place or whatever. So yeah. Know. Right. I assume a mall and he... I Which, mean, maybe they're in Lake Cuomo. Anyway, um, Sam, what are you bitching about? So, like, in this apocalypse theme, I'm constantly thinking about, about like, end times in this way that I'm, like, it's, like, it's on my mind in this way that it never quite has before. Like, like um, I... Uh, I have a like one of my one of my vices is like owning too many pairs of eyeglasses and Ooh. I'm like and I'm like well I can I can, I can justify getting another pair of eyeglasses because like when We're the all fall, gonna die. when the fall happens <laughs> it might be a while before I can go see an optometrist and then it's going to be really good Did you just I call it the fall? The, the fall. Ooh. The end, you know. Mm. What do you want? I mean, Are you, you autumn? <laughs> yeah, when the I would say when the autumn when the happens, autumn. <laughs> when, the autumn of when, when the gloom June happens, <laughs> just, let's call the end of the world gloom June. Right. See, when, Jessica, I think you'll be happy. You're the one who wants weather. You like gloom June. Apocalypse is just forever gloom June. <laughs> well, right, but like when, you know, I just like when when everything goes to shit, right? Like, sure. I'm thinking like, well, I should be really glad I have that extra eyeglasses because like, well, I, I think, think when I there's think no about, light, you should trip over your things in your home and just sort of like reach around and grab. Oh, there's some eyeglasses. Like that's what yeah, there's there's some sure. necessity well, to I it. Mean, I don't know, I but you're justifying sort of zone. extreme capitalism. I think that's a very real thing. People but, are like, I justify like. Uh, yeah, I need another, you know, pair of jeans that are exact same as the other pair of jeans because, like, survivalism. I mean, like, because, like, get it while it's good. You know right. what I'm saying? Because yeah. when, like, I believe in the big S word, but, like, What's under socialism, oh. will we be <laughs> able to have all of the sneakers that we want? I don't know. Is that the S word? Yeah, it's a big S word. Also, Sne- sneakers. Um, <laughs> no, but I was going to say, but, like, I don't know. I grew up watching The Twilight Zone, and, like, I mean, the classic episode of, like, the guy who, like, survives the atomic bomb blast. And then he's like, goes to the rubble of the library and he like wants to read and his glasses fall off and they break. And he's like, but there was time now. And like, <laughs> don't be that guy. Grew up early I, on. Have you, there's a episode of Lost where he's playing the, uh, his CD as one CD and then the CD player runs out of batteries. Oh, wow. yeah. So I, I would like to make sure I have enough music. Yeah, you could do that too. Yeah, because what if I have a breakup in the apocalypse? How do you make a breakup CD in the apocalypse? You'll have, you have to like write a song on like a lute or something. <laughs> <That's exactly. laughs> well, it's just stomp. It's just forever stomp. Like yeah. get used to your oil drums. Find out how to make a dope breakup song. We'll and then they won't want to break up with you after drums. you're like, yeah, your Some oil drums. <laughs> have you seen stomp? Come on now. It's like, um, and then there'll be the blue man group people, but they're just like covered in like toxic <laughs> they just, waste. <laughs> they just are actually like. They're just actually skin. blue. Yeah. Like shit. Well, Sorry. We're coming oh, up with man. a pitch here. <laughs> this is a good little show. So I'm bitching about, I'm actually kind of happy. Like I feel fucking great after the midterms. Um, but I will bitch about my Instagram followers. Oh. Uh, and I and I swear to God, if you're listening to this and you follow me on Instagram and yet you want to be uppity and mouthy when I post something that's feminist or uh, says I'm happy that women of color were elected to Congress, oh, wait, fucking so, unfollow me right now. So just to clarify, the, 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 the uppity, mouthy Instagram followers, not like all, you're not your adoring fan base. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I'm bitching about, so no, let's clarify. I, 
I will have a lot of mostly dudes, of course they're dudes, Mm -hmm. who every time I post anything that's a little too political in their mind, you know, they'll be like, I just hate that, like, you're using race to divide people. Like, why do you follow me at all? Like, do you know me? I I give them them a chance. I say that comment scrubs will be scrubbed. So don't be a comment scrub. But secondly, I asked them, why do you follow me? And one of them was like, um, I like a diversity of opinion. Like, (laughs) ha, you just talked about diversity right there. But it's ultimately is really like, I'm just here waiting for you to post a fucking selfie and waiting for me to like be a voyeur into your life and like look at you more. And that's disgusting and it's gross. And so it's like, nah, you're going to get down with my Instagram page, get down with my politics. Fuck you if you don't want, like unfollow me, bitch. If you want to get with my selfies, gotta get with with my my politics. politics. Instagram is only until the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. I almost I fucked it up. What yeah. if we have Instagram after the apocalypse? This week, the name of the game, and this week the the next our next reality is all about what just happened this week. Yeah, and the midterms. Break it the down. Democrats took the House despite all the gerrymandering, despite all the voter suppression, uh, despite all of the attempts to keep people home. We took the House, and I'm going to say we, and of course I'm on the left spectrum of those Democrats, but there's a lot of different storylines. I want to break some of them down for y'all. Um, huge turnouts, number one. Latino vote, youth vote, uh, just incredible for a midterms. Mostly it's like nobody cares about the midterms. What I don't know, incumbent, whatever, like a prop, I don't know. Like People don't really vote. Um, and I think the last time we saw, the last time, unfortunately, that we saw some of this was when uh, in twenty in 2012, when the Republicans came back after being like, we can't have a black president, and they mobilized via the Tea Party. The shellacking. Oh, yeah, the shellacking. And this is also when... The shellacking da- of 2012. Was it 12? Total 10. shellacking. 10. 2010. 2010, right. A year after. Well, it was, uh, well, the midterm would have been 2010, right? Right, and that's when... But we lost... I mean, Democrats lost the majority in 2012, right? Is that when it was? I believe so. I believe yeah, there was like a two that's... two good years. Affordable Care Act gets gets passed, right. and then also simultaneously with um, the amount of dark money because Citizens United just got overturned. Um, I believe in the first year of Obama's presidency, which opened the floodgates for outside donations, etc. Right. Um, but other big storyline: Trump candidates lost. The people that he supported against. Even some of the other more so, so-called moderate Republicans totally lost. Dean Heller in Nevada lost his Senate seat to her, uh, a Democrat, a woman, Jackie Rosen. Um, also, uh, Arizona, Danny Tarkanian lost his seat to Susie Lee. Uh, South Carolina, uh, Joe Cunningham defeated Katie Arrington. Uh, and uh, one of the big issues there was that he's against offshore drilling. She's for it. It's a huge issue down there because they see the effects of climate change, speaking mm-hmm. of the apocalypse. Right. Um, and they have for, I mean, they've I mean, been seeing. They have, I mean, that's like that's been the energy capital of the country for going back a hundred years, right? Um, so they they feel the effects, yeah, totally. And uh, other wins. Kansas has a Democratic governor. What? Yeah. What happened, Kansas? Well, yeah, exactly. So Kansas not only is a Democratic governor, but they have the first a, a congresswoman who is the first. Native American or one of, yeah, I believe the first Native American 
openly gay former MMA fighter. Um, <laughs> I feel like once you're an MMA fighter, always an MMA fighter. Can we of say, course. Can we just say MMA fighter? <laughs> yeah, no, she is number one MMA fighter. Uh, she number and then, one? No, I'm saying like oh, for, her for first, first title is MMA fighter and then like congresswoman, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd be scared <laughs> as fuck. And she ran a pretty left campaign. This is a... a sh- I believe this is Sharice. I was, I mean, I should, it's one of those things like I shouldn't be shocked by, but Charisse also David. shocked by like, yeah. really? No Native Americans in Congress ever, guys? Really? But like, I mean, again, like shouldn't be surprised, but also, but also, but like, also really, but also really. Yeah. No, it's a huge, a huge win. Sharice David's, uh, again, MMA fighter, Native American, fucking total badass. I listened to one of her uh, campaign like advertisements. I have a crush. Oh, yeah. She it, there. It, it's not like um, I believe in coming together and like working for the middle, uh, you know, bipartisanship. It is essentially like we have a crazy man in office. I'm used to fighting from behind because I'm a fucking MMA fighter and I fight right. dirty. Um, but also and fighting in the octagon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that the <laughs> is that they call that's it. the ring? Yes. Yeah, yeah. She's fighting in the octagon of like intersectional oppressions, being <laughs> a Native American gay woman. Yeah. Um, so. It's just super She's inspiring. She's in a relationship. People. Unclear. Okay. I think we should follow her on Instagram, and you should <laughs> you should troll her. I'll get on that. Hold on. The other thing that happened, of course, is that things are still unfolding. So even when this podcast goes out, there are Senate counts in Arizona, uh, in Florida. There's going to be a recount. Um, <laughs> as if we needed another one of those, but fucking. I you know I re- I remember that I was I remember that recount I oh, was yeah tell me about that I from your Floridian I was uh, I was in high school and um, did you guys just beat the shit out of anyone named Chad Yeah uh, oh yeah Chad, Chad you hanging fucking Chad yeah, fuck you there were a lot of Chad jokes I would um, yeah but yeah it was like I that was I mean it's funny because like I I would argue politics with my grandpa a lot growing up and then but then I like he was he came up. Um, his sort of first political memory was like, you know, the New Deal, and my first political memories were mm-hmm. like, were like the Clinton hearing, the, the Clinton impeachment hearings, mm-hmm. and then and then like the the ballot recount fiasco, and yeah. the thing that just, I mean, reg- like regardless of how you feel about the outcome of that election, the thing that made me that still makes me mad to this day about that is that uh, Al Gore um, would he if you remember. He demanded a recount in the four counties where he knew that he had won, basically, and and then there was that that got challenged and eventually um, lost. But if Al Gore had just taken it as a just done a whole statewide recount, as I think the Constitution actually would have required him to do. He would have found that he won by a landslide because there's like rampant voter disenfranchisement all over the place, and there are all these uncounted ballots. And so I, I hope, like, and so no, it was know. Nader. It was Nader. Ugh, was oh my a- God, Sam! No, I've got to <laughs> hold on to the idea that it was Ralph Nader. Fuck that guy. No, exactly. But what's what's really interesting is that it, it kind of even shows you how the Demo- Democratic Party has changed from 2000 and the year 2000, right? Mm-hmm. And 2018 to say that you've got three governor's races, I believe. No, not okay. Beto, Beto's conceded, even though I well, Gillum conceded too, I have, but I think the recount is still going forward. Well, right. So, so Stacey Abrams hasn't conceded, even though she is behind, but votes are still ca- coming in because mm-hmm. again, a lot of these are provisional ballots, they're right. day of ballots, they're mail-in ballots. They're still coming in, and a lot of there's a lot of evidence to show that all those last-minute ballots 
swing Democrat. People who like don't have that much time. They're maybe working class people. They're people of color. They're immigrants. They're like people who've been prevented from the can't like wait online for, you know, an hour or who've been prevented from giving a real ballot and had to fill out a provisional. Yes, exactly. And but in terms of Gillum, he conceded. And now we have the phrase unconceded because <laughs> new, new podcast title he backsees that's such a great podcast title i actually think it should be what like rescinding consent should be <laughs> like like this is good yeah yeah yeah. i'm gonna unconcede right now yep you know what because you have an inflatable mattress and i'm i'm out <laughs> like you know the the foreplay was good unconceded is that the concession unconceded <laughs> absolutely if i'm gonna be honest i came when we were dry humping <laughs> So I'm unconceited. <laughs> In fact, I want a recount of the orgasms that you did or didn't give me, honestly. Um, so I had so many secret <laughs> orgasms that, that I was like, oh, no, I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> you like came at dinner. You're like, bye. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just not that kind of girl. <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's my secret power. I love that secret power. It's a good power. That's a great power, actually. Well, so this is so in the weeds of some dumb female sexuality shit, but I read that women can have orgasms through deep kissing. And I- that would be me. I can read some Jane Austen. <laughs> you're, you're deep kissing just like the binder of the book, just like, yeah, sense and sensibility right. all on this intellectual clit. Um, yeah, I don't buy that you can have an orgasm off of deep kissing. Um, I. <laughs> what do you are you now, I, now you're. Th- there would have to be some. Uh, yeah, I'm. Bodies. I'm calling BS. I think a man wrote that and was like, yeah, you know, I. I mean, like, I deep kissed her, so uh, you know, I, I'm. I'm considering <laughs> that. A, that. A, oh, you know what? No, I'm for it. <laughs> I'm for it. I think it's better than thinking that the jackhammer will work better. Well, that's the thing. He then goes on and does the jackhammer. So he's <laughs> like, yeah, there's no foreplay needed. I don't need to go down and or like we just have one position. The deep kiss gives her the orgasm and that the jackhammer a- <laughs> makes her know her place. All right. That is a deep <laughs> kiss, though. <laughs> deep state kiss. The last storyline Two more storylines. There's just so many storylines to these midterms. But the last storyline is that that women won. Um, there will be a, a record number of women in the House. Uh, a fourth of the House will be women, which is awesome. <laughs> it, it's amazing that that's a record. Yeah, it's all, like awesome, but still low. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And and yes, some of them are Republican, and I actually think that's good. I think there should be more Republican women absolutely in office. I'm not gonna post about them on Instagram. Yeah, ding dongs. But I will <laughs> say that I think there should be more. We know actually there is statistical proof that when women are in office, they um, have more bipartisan legislation. They have more success rates of getting that legislation passed. Uh, as much as I don't love bipartisanship, um, they are collaborators. They're more democratic in their decision making. Pretty much when you have women in positions of power, yeah. we're good. I we're good it. for you. Well, let's be honest. Women, we know how to settle. <laughs> we, we know how to settle for less. Right. <laughs> well, that our- deep kiss, oh man, <laughs> we, we settled a long time ago. <laughs> well, if you think about the people who like the most inclined to have, you know, grown up with a mentality that you like make a huge mess and then have someone else clean it up, it's probably 
probably know the archetype of who that is. Absolutely. And and in some ways, I do think that out of the ashes of the Clinton campaign rise uh, and out of the the just nubby, rapey fingers of Donald Trump grabbing women's pussies, has there have been so many women who've stood up and like run for office? And I, I don't know all of their names and I should, but multiple women who've run for office were actually ran against their Congress people who are congressmen who were like, I'm not going to hold a town hall meeting or yeah. I don't, um, you need to shut up or I don't believe in, you know, like, or women are stupid or, uh, uh, oh, I can't call women sluts anymore. I think there was one case of that. And it's like, wait, really? Yeah. Someone really said that? Yeah. Who said that? Uh, hang on one second. I don't have their names. Do, 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 do. Please hold Jason Lewis of Minnesota's second district. Um, a couple people to shout out are not just obviously women, but progressive women, Rashida Tlaib, Ilan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who won her race, Deborah Haaland of New Mexico. Um, these are women who ran on Medicare for all, raising the minimum wage, free college tuition, uh, undoing these tax breaks for billionaires. There's a lot. And the battle, the line of like, oh, we got to run more moderate Democrats. I totally don't buy. We knew we weren't going to win the Senate anyway. Mm. But I think we've seen that these progressive ideas have traction. They have um, support and they're winning people races. So I want to ask you guys, like, are how are you responding to the midterms? How what have you seen in your world in this like podcast production <laughs> storytelling and also in the comedy world, like I'm a stand up too. I feel like sometimes you go into a show and people don't want to hear shit about politics because it's everywhere around you. Mm-hmm. And other times I feel like we're, are we just kidding ourselves about the world that we live in now that we have a white supremacist president who is absolutely a white supremacist president. I have no doubt Identity Europa, which is an, a, a white nationalist organization visited the white house the oval office Uh, the day after the midterms trump refuses to to disavow any of the support that he's given he was asked blankly point blank about whether using the word and being a nationalist um is you know firing up white nationalists and he was like that's a dumb question what are you talking about he said it was a racist question a reverse racist question i think he just said racist right but in yeah right right exactly (laughs) i mean whites are embattled like how is that permeating your spheres your respective spheres and like what are your thoughts on the midterms and stuff um well as a listener of a lot of podcasts right i mean it really is kind of getting it on all sides right i mean i've kind of like to in a certain extent i'm just like i can i learn about the fires in california can i learn about like i mean even even i feel i even feel like jeff sessions at first was buried um in the in the news and also just like i mean there was a shooting in thousand oaks where i think 12 mm, people yep. died i mean thousand oaks so really, you feel like it's coming at you just way too fast it's well it's like i think that you know in the in the media news journalism world there's like I mean, there's just a finite quantity of facts that can be discerned and ascertained at any given time. And there's just like a lot of commentary. Right. And I sometimes just feel the need to just be like, all right, like I've learned everything I can learn about the midterms right now. And so I kind of just need to have you, though. I so mean, you didn't know that thing about the, rundown was per- pretty thorough. the person who I couldn't <laughs> name who ousted the dude who said you couldn't call women sluts anymore. Angie Craig. I hadn't heard that particular, but I, you know, but like, um, 
Thank you about the compliment for the compliment. Though. Appreciate <laughs> it. I'll take good. that. I'm glad. I'm glad. Be the best best burner I've heard uh, on a podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and yeah, so it's like it is. I don't know. It's like it's and then just as far as like. Um, so is it hard to find a niche, or you're like, how many ways can we slice the same? Uh, it is a little bit mango. like that and a little bit of a of a dog pile, a dog a, a mango pile. Sure. Um but it's like it I mean but also I just feel like there is a much more engaged citizenry around this, right? Like I think that there's um there is such more of a demand to just know what's going on on a day-to-day basis. Um and I think and I I I, I don't um, I don't think this is that radical to say. Like, I don't. I don't think we would be having this experience with the midterms, or even like a lot of other social movements going on right now. If we, if the twenty sixteen election had gone the other way, right? Sure. Like, I don't. I don't think we'd have seen this. Like, you know, it, it, paradoxically, we may not have seen the quote unquote year of the woman, right? If, if absolutely, had been that's what I'm saying. This is this, this reaction. She to... had to die so we could all live. <laughs> She's oh. like the forest fire that had to burn, so oh. all the little pine cones oh my God, had to right. replant the new. I thought you were going to say Jesus, but okay. <laughs> and she's Jesus. Yeah. Um, but I'm not a Christian. So it's perfect. I'm not a Christian, but I think Jesus is fabulous. What about him is fabulous? I'm like his robe. <laughs> no, like I feel like he was kind of a rat. Like every time someone actually quotes Jesus, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Jesus was a radical Jew, as they say. Politics and comedy, I kind of wanted to ask you about that because you are um, a, like a journalist. Mm, kind of, yeah. Kind of. and But you're certainly a political comic, at least. You know, For you're, sure. You're definitely um, involved with uh, this, you know, sort of po politics. And uh, I just like, I'm a little... Uh, not sure about the role of comedy within politics right now. I, okay, so my reaction, everything is like, I'm spending time being shocked and reevaluating. Mm. What, what are you reevaluating? Um, my creative process and my role as a performer right now. When Trump won, I mean, I haven't really tried to say anything on stage. Mm-hmm the way I did when Obama was president because I like you laid into him a lot. <laughs> well, no, not him, but in general, I felt like more open to like just saying things about how I felt about everything that's going on. But now I'm definitely, um, in a reevaluation of like the role of entertainment. I think partly cause I'm in shock and then there's some depression and it's just like, this is a big shift and Trump is not fun for comedy. No, he, I mean, he's it's... not fun because it's like the whole point of comedy is to take something serious and then look around it and expose it. But Trump is just fucking exposed and it's not fun. It's like he's the clown. So I can't even be the clown. So people expect me to be serious and shine some light on it. And I'm like, no, I'm the idiot. He yeah. sh he should be right right right. The, this role reversal is very <laughs> uncomfortable. Well, no, the, I think that's that's really real. The uh, the there's a podcast called uh, Red Scare, and the and the hosts of that um, have have said several times that like one that Donald Trump is the is the the number one is the number one performance artist of this of this era, 
and that uh, and that it attempts to. Well, he's fucking hack. Attempts to mock <laughs> he's him. He's absolutely hack. He is a. I've called him. him a failed open mic comic, and I stand by it. Wow. Yeah. Well, but that attempts to mock him fail because because he's uh, hack. It's it's it's, you, it's it's hard to eclipse his his performance. Yeah, and yet, I mean, I've, I've said this before. I think the person who beats him in 2020 is going to have to try. I think they're going to have to put him in his place. I think you cannot, you cannot speak to his intellect because there is none. You cannot speak to the intellect of the people who are listening because when someone is pandering to the lowest common denominator, it's like you, you there's no way, even people who don't like him will laugh at his dumbass jokes because they are offended surprised and are almost a little bit reverential to someone who doesn't give a shit that much and so i think whoever actually stands up to him obviously needs to have you know an actual uh political career facts on their side the the be a human you we know rather a than a monster we need a hero we need a hero we need a is, is hero this your, is this you <laughs> announcing your campaign in and and that person is me uh <laughs> you know booker fiorentini 2020 I'll take it. so <laughs> <laughs> why not no but i think that in one sense there's no better time to be a political comedian and there's just so much fodder you see the you know the growth of late night shows everyone's got to say something about politics and i think it's good i think it anything that allows us to be more informed and entertained i'm all for it but at the same time you're right in that it is not necessarily our jobs or our responsibilities and we don't this guy is a walking punchline um and i would i would give back i mean i'm a political comic anyway i'm excited i talk about this stuff anyway i also talk about you know dilfs and other shit but i would wait what's a dilf it's oh, a dad yeah, yeah, I want to fuck. Dad. Um, Dude, dad. Yeah, I got it. Thanks. It's a <laughs> it's a deep state kisser I want to You're like, I've only heard about MILF. What's, <laughs> what could a dill fuck do? All right, I'll show myself out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, you're in the bituation room. You got a, We've got a dill poster on the wall pretty much. Imagine it. Just okay. imagine it. I looked. I mean, I would. <laughs> there's not really. For our listeners, there's not really a Dilf poster. On, I but I would like to like, see what that oh, is. There's like a Trump comedy industrial complex. Like, oh, everyone's yeah. making a fucking killing. And mm. I think every single person who makes jokes about Trump or considers them, themselves a political comic would say that they would give up all of their that success mm. to not have this psychopath in the in the Oval Office. Absolutely. I agree with that. Well, fuck that. I'm I'm not really a political comic. I want to churn butter. But I don't give a shit. I want to have babies and have bunnies. I wait, think whoa. I think ahead, I ahead. think part of it is like I'm not a political part uh, comic really, but I have been known to talk about kind of a doomsday sort of like hearkening to like, well, we're running out of water. Like that's those kinds of jokes, and everyone laughs because it's dark. But now it's so dark that I don't even want to make dark jokes. I'm like, I'm like, how do I? Because my job as a performer is to expose and then also generally lift people up. And if I'm just saying these fucking hot takes towards Trump, like, yeah, fuck that guy. I'm just, I feel like I'm adding to the madness. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm, just also mm -hmm. maddening. Yeah. So, so that's interesting. So you think about, you think about like what like what your role is in that ecosystem like are you are you just like do you think about that as like what your um the sort of mood or energy that you're sort of like implanting the job the is making yeah. people laugh right if they're not laughing and that's the thing to me i don't do the same jokes 
to every single crowd. Know your crowd. When I have a political show, I know the people are there for that. I did a show at the Brava Theater, not my fucking President's Day. I knew that I could do yeah, all my yeah, political yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If not, you hold people's hand like you do with anything. You don't start off with the most divisive material. And also you don't do it in a way that's like, oh, are you going to talk about the, the tax plan on stage? Like, no, you're not going <laughs> to. I would never do everything that I do either on Newsbroke or here on stage. It's just you're you're not going to win any new fans that but, way. But like to people, I mean, I know that obviously, okay, I, I don't know the comedy world at all. Even, even in the radio world, I feel very like adjacent to that, to the comedy podcast sphere. But like. But it seems like the, what draws people into, you know, like Marin or Kamau Bell, like it's not, it's 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 not just the jokes, right? It's the, the jokes are the are like the vehicle to get to the sort of deeper the perspective. Stuff that, that, I mean, that's why people loved Louis C.K. Right? Because it's like that's not. I mean, you know, that's R.I.P. Pour, a, pour one out, yeah, <laughs> or something. But I think like <laughs> rub one out for <laughs> sorry, uh, terrible joke. Our next segment is a little thing I like to call targeted character assassination, where we pick one person of the week who's just, you know, just an extra, just extra, maybe extra. just extra in all the wrong ways that you can be extra. And of an course, extra human on the planet. <laughs> well, we said goodbye to someone who just was definitely not extra, um, but who really felt like he was a like. Just a civil war ghost who had been become like reincarnated and then, you know, became our attorney general for a year and a half. Just the most loyal Trumpist, the racist water boy of this administration, the guy <laughs> who just, you know, went to bat over and over again, even though the bat was used against him. He uh, w enacted the most just retrograde policies. And before he left, he mic dropped with um, essentially some basically like saying that police departments on a state level could not enact making, making it harder for them to enact reforms on the, in those police departments, mm. um, which is just great. And of course, so on brand for little Jeffy, um, he, he's out. He had, he did do a, a couple weird unexpected things. Like, um, there was one case where he, uh, made a point of prosecuting an attack on a on a transgender kid as a hate crime, or something like that. I wow, know. it was surprising. Um, was this at the behest of like Caitlyn Jenner, or was I don't, this? I don't know if it was anyone's behest, but he just basically just took up the mantle of of prosecuting a hate crime on on behalf of a transgender kid. Well, he's got to listen. If you have. He's got to have one good bone in his body if all the rest of them are Civil War uh, bones of, of uh, former generals. Uh, Certainly it was a white transgender kid. Yeah. Probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Let's at least give him that. Come on. We'd hope. So the guy who's replacing him is our targeted, uh, is our character that we want to assassinate, that I want to assassinate this week, who is, if you can imagine, an even more loyal Trumpist, and that is because he is someone who has not recused himself from the Russian investigation, of course, as, which was his original sin. And he now has been replaced by a guy named Matthew Whitaker, who is our acting attorney general, which I don't really know what that means. Like, d d does the Senate vote on him at a certain point? Is he just going to be there? I'm not sure of the process for AGs. I think it's an open question, actually. Right, because I, Sessions was under Senate review before he was 
he was nominated then I confirmed. I believe they have to be confirmed. Yeah. I mean, Kamala Harris definitely. Uh, I remember Kamala Harris like sternly oh, was this the, was staring this the him down. The senator thing. You I believe something that was like, like that. she was. Wasn't it? Was it? Was it Kamala Harris who read? Who was trying to read on the Senate floor a statement about Jeff Sessions made by Coretta Scott yes. King? I think. Yes. And then there was someone was like, or was it? Um, Orrin Hatch. I don't know. One someone of them, was Lindsay. like, "You will not impugn the senator." God, damn not impugn the senator. So I, that, yeah. So there was. So it, which is all to say, there was some kind of review process, right? Sure. Before being our acting attorney general, he was on CNN. Um, probably paid to both write about and also speak about how the Mueller investigation into the Trump campaign's ties with Russia mm-hmm. uh, had gone too far. Whitaker mm-hmm. you're talking about. Yes, this yeah. is Whitaker. Mm-hmm. He, the investigation had gone too far. Um, also, he is was on the board of a company that was fined, I believe, something like $26 million uh, for essentially defrauding people uh, for their right. de- just defrauding people robbing them of their money it was a company called World Patent Marketing which built thousands of consumers out of millions of dollars by promising inve- investors lucrative patent agreements according to a complaint filed in Florida by the Federal Trade Commission allegedly allegedly let's just let's just also uh, they were veterans I think mostly too so there's that the people who had these ideas I believe that I don't know if all but I'll I, the headline that I saw was that uh, most ma- many of the complaint complainants complainants Com- the plaintiff, plaintiffs the, plaintiffs people the people who were filing complaints were uh, were uh, aren't were military veterans too. So wow, that's figure. just just that's beautiful. Well, I want to read this one little uh, just one woman who fell victim to this organization that is actually still currently being investigated. Uh, a customer named Brenda Wilcox, 49, a Trump supporter who lives in Broward County, Florida, County. said in an interview, hey <laughs> 305. <laughs> is that where you're from? Well, three, okay, 305 used to be Broward. Now 305 is more Miami. I have, I have 561, I don't know what Broward is right now. 407? Brenda, if you're listening, <laughs> let us know. Um, Broward County, Florida said in an interview on Thursday that World Patent Marketing scammed $11,000 from her. She said the company had agreed to market, license, and develop a bracelet she invented that would warn drivers if they left a baby in the backseat of their car. Whoa. Wow. I I need that, though. (laughs) But, like, where it at? (laughs) Like... I'm sorry, but when someone is just so perfectly on brand with their supporters <laughs> and just the level of um, <laughs> intellect, I'm going to be honest, like that it is like, oh, I need, first of all, there's got to be an app for that at this point. And if there's not, let's, I think the three I'm, of let's, us let's should hash this. Here, right? or let's, let's say I'm on topic, which is that like, that it's, it's regardless, we have like a patent system. There is an application process that is up, like people can... Like in this in this economy in this market, right? If you have an idea, you can file a patent for it. You can market it, and then the market will decide if you know if people uh, will, buy will or will not buy this bracelet that alerts you about the president. Sure, someone out there needs that. Like, oh shit, you left your baby in the car. It's been four hours. Go back and get it. It was someone's dream to make this bracelet. Yeah, no, don't lest we ruin someone's dream. Well, and- it will probably save some babies' lives. Sure. Oh, absolutely. But like, <laughs> what is the quality of life that they would have? Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> listen, uh, so the point is, is that they're... True, listen, though, true, true, though, true, true, though, true, true, though. Awful intro. 
what are your guys's general thoughts on this on the Russia investigation? Like, is it permeating even your like your sphere of thought? Does it worry you? Or would you? I mean, I the idea for me of going out with a sign that says "Protect Mueller." feels very difficult like I wouldn't I wouldn't carry that sign but I would definitely carry a like no one is above the law sign like that's the other hashtag that's being used and like I'm down with that because mm-hmm. I don't think anyone should be above the law but like Mueller so I wish you know if I had a time machine <laughs> one thing I would do with it would just be to go back 10 years and be <laughs> like you know what the left in in 10 years uh, the left is going to be all about the FBI, um, hoping for a deep state intervention, um, hoping mm. that Jeff Sessions stays in office. I mean, it's it really is it really is uh, all is foul pretty, pretty here. It's pretty like. This is how you know what kind of hell we're in when we're like Mueller, protect Mueller, and the and the left is saying that. And on the one hand, yes, protect Mueller. On the other hand, you know. The dude has his own background. He was part of the archite- architecture of the uh, Patriot Act mm-hmm. and the going after immigrants and Muslims after 9-11. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got his own past. He is by no means a saint. But, like, we fucking need anyone at this point. And on top of that, the Russian investigation is real. As much as people want to say it's not real, as much as it's difficult to follow all the ins and yeah. outs, who's been indicted, who's gone to jail, where is Papadopoulos right now? Because the dude is oh, actually yeah. currently in prison. Yeah, he's been sent like a rich rapist to probably like, I think maybe 10 months in jail. But people have gone to jail, they've confessed. And on the back of this, there are more people who are saying that they would testify. So part of the midterms and winning the House that is important is that the House Oversight Committee, um, which kind of oversees like the president, the executive branch, uh, and and part of that is whether or not there was foreign intervention and what the the layers and levels of collusion were with, with the Trump administration. They're investigating that, or they're overseeing that. So no longer will you have... Devin Nunes, who I believe re-won his district, won his district again. Uh, you won't have Devin Nunes in the middle of the night taking an Uber to the White House being like, I'm oh, sorry, Mr. President. I got here as fast as I could. <sighs> like, what do you what do you want of me? Like this, it'll be Adam Schiff. He's a Democrat. Uh, he will be overseeing, the, in part, the House side of the investigation, which, again, was closed back in March. They'll probably reopen it. They will they will subpoena people like Don Trump Jr., who was in this infamous meeting with um, Russians in the, mm-hmm. in the Trump Tower, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they're going to subpoena a friend of Roger Stone's, um, you know, the sort of right wing political operative who and this guy um, actually had connections with WikiLeaks. I believe he was the back channel to WikiLeaks that sort of le- lecked, which is the past of leaked, lecked. The uh, uh, the DNC emails. So there is a lot more. If you want to know why our president is in like a just a pissy rage mm-hmm. and it's like fire. I love fire. Fuck California. Mm-hmm. Nobody even wants wine or, you know, Hollywood, Hollywood or marijuana. Like it's because his days are really fucking shaky and numbered. And he mm-hmm. knows his son can actually appear like I mean. Who knows if we will see the transcripts of those interviews? Who knows if he'll tell nothing but lies, right? Like, they're not going to... They can't force him to do that. But uh, it's... This is big big stuff. 
I have not allowed myself to get very invested or hopeful or I'm just like everything is so fucked to me. Mm. Like I I do have days where I'm more positive, but again, the asthma. So, (laughs) but I, I definitely have allowed myself to like, like when he first got elected, I was like, of course, we're going to impeach him for all of this. But but I've just seen so much stuff fall through the cracks. Nancy Pelosi gave a pretty rousing speech the day the Democrats, you know, reclaimed the House. But then she also said something that I think raised a lot of alarm bells, which is I want to work with the Republicans. Uh, I want to work with Donald Trump. But that's kind of that's kind of boilerplate, though, right? You think so? They kind of I mean, when do they not say that? Republicans don't say that. Like if if the shoe were on the other foot. Uh, Republicans don't say I'm looking forward to working with President Obama you know uh, it's I think and I definitely don't think that this president deserves anyone reaching across the aisle to work with him but I but I this is my problem I think with generally my problem and I think it's a it's a virtue when you say that you want to work with people that you're that you are um, seeking compromise, that you listen, um, all that stuff is a virtue. These are basic human virtues. Right, right, right. But when it comes at a time of such a polarizing figure of someone who is it's like, completely like made a mess Hitler, of the White House. If Hitler was here and then we were like, sorry, I, I compare Trump to Hitler. Yeah. I, that's a thing I do. No, no, that's fine. I just did it. I, I feel comfortable I mean, I think he would it. be honored. <laughs> <laughs> but like it wouldn't look good in the history books if someone was like you know i am trying to to hear him out <laughs> right because right, it's right. just like mm. this is clearly and and listen i i really believe strongly about uh what like I, I do believe strongly in listening to each other and hold each each other's truths and and all of that. I'm I'm a huge hippie, okay? I I meditate, I masturbate, you know what I mean? I all the, I, I, ma- the meditate, masturbate, MMA. That's what that's what <laughs> MMA. Is. I'm an MMA fighter. Yeah, hell yeah. So so What's I the A stand I get for? like it, I think it's really important to say like we're gonna reach against uh, we're gonna reach uh, across the aisle and work with each other because something does need to be done about uniting. However, um, it's just like. I just feel like it's so beyond that that I'm just like, God, it's so fucked. Right. I think and there's I do think that you need and we've saw this in the midterms is that a lot of the people again, Sharice Davids, like you run an ad like that that's super adversarial to Trump in Kansas and you win. Yeah. Like I wouldn't expect that. I wouldn't expect the people of Kansas and I don't know about Kansas. So it's fucking on me. I wouldn't expect them to be like, oh, yeah, I want someone who's like super going to st- stand up to the president, who is unashamed of who they are and who is like going to run this like really dope ad. No, like I would you just wouldn't expect that. But I think that we've seen that the mi- middling in the middle actually doesn't work either politically um, in a sort of tit for tat wheeling and dealing shitty kind of politically or like. To prevent the coming apocalypse. Like we mm. we're beyond whether or not fifteen dollars an hour is good or bad, or like whether we should have tuition free college yeah, or whether we true. need Medicare for all. No, no, no. We're dying. Yeah. I we was, need it. <laughs> I was looking at the ballot at like daylight savings time and <laughs> right. it's just like 
okay, <laughs> I, you know, I believe in voting, but this is a really silly. Yeah. I believe in one foot in front of yeah, the when other. When the sky is one full s- of sm- smoke, like we won't <laughs> be able to tell what time it is. Like. Let's close out this podcast with a game we always play. Sex, select, overthrow. It's like marry, fuck, kill. You decide who you want to sex, who you want to elect, who you want to overthrow. We got three people that we know of most likely either by contract or by manipulation or by love have slept with the president of the United States. Uh, Stormy Daniels. Sam doesn't like Karen McDougal. Or Melania Trump. I assume both of you know who Stormy Daniels and Melania Trump are. The sort of yin and yang of our uh, <laughs> political moment or in, in our feminine world. Whatever the that means. The universe balances itself out. It does. Uh, it's Is like Stormy and Melania. <laughs> I think it's a Michelle Obamaism that Melania stole. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Karen McDougal. Sort of the McDougal in the middle. She and Trump had about a two-year. <laughs> they had something like a two-year affair around the time when Melania had a three-month-old baby named Baron. Uh, just the douchiest name. Like that dude can never be a socialist or a communist. Like he'd have to change his name. Baron. Well, he'd be Barry, and that's fine. And that's even a little more I like of a Barry. zing. I, yeah, of course. because it's be a, a real fuck you to dad. Absolutely. <laughs> and it'll happen. So we've got Karen McDougal, and they were in love, supposedly. They had an affair. Uh, she was a former Playboy uh, model, uh, playmate. And she says that she was in love with him, that he was in love with her, supposedly. Even though uh, she, he made her go in through the back door. When they would come together, they, w- they would get together. It would be like, oh, yeah, um, just go through the uh, back entrance, through the kitchen, and then up, like, wa- if you can walk to the seventh floor. Anyway, she has a very heart-wrenching interview, and by heart-wrenching, I mean just cringy. And I don't say that word lightly. I hate that word, but it really is cringy with uh, Anderson Cooper, where she basically tells him that she was in love with him. Now, the reason Karen McDougal matters, obviously, right now is because there could have been campaign finance laws broken because via Trump's lawyer Michael Cohen Trump basically paid Karen McDougal off to shut the fuck up in return for being able to with his contact through the National Enquirer write for the National Enquirer articles about health because you know whenever you're like dude that Loch Ness monster has got some sick abs what is his secret, National Enquirer? Okay, let's not mix up the National Enquirer and Weekly World News. They are different publications. Okay. All right, all right, all right. All right, good. You're right, you're right. True. True. Now Sam is defending the National Enquirer, which I also... No, no, no I agree. I agree with Weekly World News. Yeah, I got kind of confused. Well, National Enquirer doesn't run any Loch Ness stuff? Dude, sleeping. But right, so th- this was all promised to her, and she didn't want to come forward, guys. She was like... You, they're both on their phones right now, for those of you listening. But <laughs> Can I just say something about that? No, you can't. She, she did not want to come forward. She did not want to out her relationship with Trump. But the fact is, her end of the bargain, which was, you get to write these articles, um, you know, we'll make you a, you know, a sort of written word star, <laughs> didn't happen. And so she, now she she said something. Okay, I'm just going to say really fast what I was going to say about how I Googled her because I wanted to see what she looked like. Mm-hmm. And I knew 
she was going to be brunette and Stormy Daniels is blonde, right? Oh, yes. So the thing is, I think I wish I was Stormy Daniels, but I'm really more of a Karen McDougal. Okay. I don't know who I would sext in, but it's just like, I feel like... You identify more with... Yeah. So would you elect Karen? <laughs> um, Do you trust yourself in office? Yeah, let's elect Karen McDougal. No. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, because she's brunette. I guess that makes sense. Don't you elect Burnett? She's, she's serious. Yeah. <laughs> she taught, I'm looking here, she taught pre-kindergarten there you go. before winning a swimwear competition. <clears throat> Isn't that the trajectory of them all? It's like they were interested in raising, you know, raising the future and then they were like, maybe I'll just enter into this swimwear contest. Because like all the kindergartners were like, Mrs. McDougal, <laughs> you're hot. You should be a swimwear model. No it's kids. It's getting so weird. No kids. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, how do you go? How do you make that leap? <laughs> you got to have some really creepy kindergartners. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So wait, it's sext, elect, overthrow. Mc- McDougal, Melania, and Stormy Daniels. Yes. You'd overthrow Stormy Daniels. And elect Melania? Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. Melania... I'm having a lot of conflicting thoughts. I'm really sorry. If I'm being true to myself, uh, I would probably sext Melania. And I hate that I'm saying that. But I would sext her. So you'd sext Melania, what would you sext her? But but like if we were having an affair, you know what I mean? Mm. And she was like, I'm a prisoner. And she's like, save me, Jessica. (laughs) I could be into that. And I'd sext her and I'd be like. Some BDSM shit. I don't know about that. Okay. You know, I'm pride, just going with the I'm pride and theme. prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. so you, like you just, just read her Jane Austen. <laughs> I, she, <laughs> I'd be the Mr. Darcy. <laughs> I'm electing Karen McDougal. Okay. I'm uh, sexting Melania Trump and I'm overthrowing Stormy. Wait, this is hard. Okay. I don't want to elect Stormy Daniels. Okay. That's fair. Because at least Karen McDougal has taught pre-kindergarten. Wait, can I? Well. Okay, yeah, you go. Because I, I really am done. I'm going to start with Stormy. I think I I would, ele- I would elect Stormy Daniels. Yeah. I mean, we've certainly we've certainly elected some crazy people in this country. Um, and uh, I think. Um, I don't think she's crazy. I don't think she's crazy either. I cra- crazy as in like, wow, didn't see that one coming. Yeah, not, right. li- not like, <laughs> not like mental health crazy, but like, but um, like me. I think <laughs> like know, me. She has, I would have liked you as well. She is sort of taking up the mantle of being like engaged in politics, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, she is taking a stand. She has basically a campaign. She has like a you know a manager, and she's um, <laughs> she she basically is running a little bit of uh you know like low-key political campaign as it is now um so i think i think that shows some real some real political moxie i would totally vote for her of these three people awesome what about (laughs) what about who are you overthrowing i don't think i know enough about karen mcdougall i guess you know um she's just a pretty innocent kindergarten teacher with a hot bod and like a, a supple mind. 
<laughs> and who who believes she, that Donald Trump, while he was cheating on his wife and three three month old baby, really was in love with her. I don't know. I gotta say, I think I think like reading Jane Austen back and forth to uh, to Melania mm. sounds kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna jump on that train? Yeah. So does I'll that mean just, you're yeah. sexting? I'm on the I'm on the the group text. You're just gonna be like. Uh, <laughs> I will elect Stormy Daniels. Absolutely, I agree. I have a shirt that says Stormy 2020. I stand by that. Do you really? I do really. And if anyone out there is uh, has a friend or you are a size women small and you want a shirt that says Stormy 2020, hit me up. I will send it to you. I'm not joking. I have it right here uh, in my living room. Is it a Stormy Fiorentini 2020 shirt? No. I'm not yet the running mate. Listen, let me just say why I love this woman. Of the many reasons that she is a public adult film star who's one of the only people back to this sort of putting the president in his place and insulting him the way he needs to be insulted and making him feel like the idiot he actually is. She's one of the few people to do that. And I think calling his writing a book and calling his penis the mushroom character from Mario Kart with Yeti pubes is just the funniest fucking thing that's happened and the most amount of relief I felt from that gloom and doom. And then today, Mm. when California is burning and the president writes like, this is the fault of the forestry industry of California, no, my thoughts and prayers, not even some bullshit, you know, fucking Hallmark card of condolences, Stormy Daniels writes... Did the president literally take the side of a natural disaster over Americans losing their lives and homes today? Yes. Yes, he did. And I appreciate that. I think some people are like, he didn't take the storm side. What do you... It's like, or he didn't take the fire side. What do you mean? He just said the forestry. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. We know what he meant. We know what he didn't do. And I totally think she's just great. I, we need more heroes like Sorry Daniels. Um... I am very torn because I think Karen and Melania are both very weak people. Mm-hmm. And I say that with all the feminist uh, chutzpah in the world that I want them to be better. But I think we have to overthrow Melania Trump. Absolutely. Yeah. She needs to be out of there. She You're defended right, She defended her husband in like <laughs> every point in turn, the birtherism, all of that. She said boys talk. She repeated boys talk. Oh, and there was the and there was the sweater, the jacket at the at the border. I don't care. I don't care. Do you? Do you? Yeah, there was that. That was unfortunate. So unfortunate. Also, like going to Egypt and playing Indiana Jones in like her like she goes oh, to yeah. Egypt and then dresses up like she's a fucking colonizer from yeah. in nineteen seventeen. Like what are what are you doing? Who are you? This is not about your line of clothing and I will not buy any of it when you are out. I really regret comparing her to Elizabeth Bennett. I I want all of the Austin fans to know that Jessica Seeley, uh comedian and Austin fan, is repentant for comparing Melania Trump to Elizabeth Bennett. For those of you who know what that means. Uh, but I, I, I think we need to, I guess that means I need to sex Karen McDougal because <laughs> talk about having a deep kiss. Oh man. <laughs> she, I always say this about women like, oh, maybe they just need to, you know, I'm going to send her a rabbit vibrator or whatever. But I do think Karen McDougal has been mistreated. 
Yeah. I'm going to send her the sweetest sex. I'm going to tell her she's beautiful, that she cares about the future of the of the children and she should go back to teaching kindergarten. She's a great writer and I think she could absolutely get jobs other than National Inquirer, Inquirer, Disquieter. How could she keep how does she keep her amazing figure? And well, she, like well, she writes the health column. I mean, she must know. Exactly. And then I want to invite her over and I just want to stare deeply into her eyes until she owes. You're right. You're right. You just won that fucking game. No, there's no right or wrong. No, you won the game. You know it. Look at you. You did it. (laughs) You guys, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thank you. We got through it. Congrats on the show. This is great. Thank you. It's it is is an endeavor to launch a show and you're doing it. And it's great. That means a lot coming from you, Sam. Uh, Before we go, any plugs, Sam? Uh, yeah. So the show that I, that is, is, uh, wrapping up now is called the city. It's from USA today with host Robin Amer. Um, that's what I've been working on for, um, about a year. And I am also, uh, in the middle of creating the show called bellwether, which is coming out soon. And you can get, um, you can be the first to hear about it by going to my website, samgreenspan.org and getting on that blast list. Mm, get on that blast list. Yeah. Jessica, any plugs? Um, yes. Okay. So I'm a stand up. So just like come out in Los Angeles or whatever and uh, watch me try to tell jokes as the world burns. Jessica's hilarious. What's your handle? We can. Yeah. You on? on Instagram's probably your best bet. Um, at Jessica Seely, S E L E, Jessica Seely. And, yeah. and Sam, your handle? Sam listens. I though I'm taking. Does a, he though? Yeah, that's that's. I'm trying. I was thinking about changing it, but now I got the blue check mark, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> you can change it. Anything I, else? I also just started a podcast about climate change, that is really not a good podcast. <laughs> um, like it's really weird that I'm it's doing it, but um, I feel in my spirit that that's what I should do. So listen. Just let there be a record of it. With that, I'm going to sign off and thank you everyone for listening. Remember November 21st at 222 Hyde in San Francisco. Uh, Subscribe, rate, five stars, all the good adjectives. And remember, don't just bitch about it. Be about it. Goodbye.